Hello, everyone. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Hi. Tonight, we are coming at you with a straight up unsolved case that uh, Carly, you had someone reach out to you with some information. It's a very interesting case. Okay. So we're talking about Harold Brown back on Thursday, October 6th, 2016. 51 year old Harold Brown, along with his pet boxer, Ginger, were reported missing. So around 2 p.m. that afternoon, some hunters had found a red Ford F50 on a two track road. It was a private drive near Skidway Lake in Michigan. The truck was unoccupied, but it was running with the driver's side door open, just idling. Already, I'm freaked out. Definitely thought that was strange, but they're like, okay, we'll just, we'll keep an eye on it. They went about their business. They went hunting. They noticed when they came back about five hours later, the truck had not moved. It was 6 p.m. at this point. Everything was still the same, still running, still, or I believe it was still running, door open, keys in the ignition, everything. So that's when they notified police and the truck was confirmed to have belonged to Harold Brown. So he's reported missing. Authorities go to check his residence, but Harold and Ginger were not there. The side door of the home was unlocked and the garage attachment door was opened. Inside the home, they found Harold's wallet, his cell phone, and his cigarettes were all left there. Nope. Leaving your truck just with the door open? No, thank you. No, normal. And dog nowhere to be found and your best friend, your Mm. best friend dog? No. Mm -hmm. They also found half-eaten toast and cold coffee that were left on the counter, which was believed to have been his last meal. Music was playing in the home and all the lights were on, but there was no sign of any disturbance or foul play. It was just like he was just there, but the car was not at the residence. So the Michigan State Police conducted a huge search to find both Harold and Ginger. Troopers, emergency services team members, canine unit members, the Marine Services members, a helicopter, and a mobile command center vehicle were all deployed to try to find them. They would search the area around where the truck was found for three days. And they also would employ the help of 75 volunteers from the community to aid in the search as well. So the search in the woods near the truck did uncover some items. First, searchers found Harold's flashlight. It was turned on and it was near a hat, which was also believed to have been Harold's. And the flashlight was a rechargeable flashlight. So it was kind of able to give authorities some sort of timeline because it wouldn't, he could not have turned the flashlight on any earlier than 6.30 AM that Thursday, October 6th. So the following day, Friday, October 7th, Ginger, the dog was found unharmed in the woods, just roaming by herself. So in her vicinity, searchers did find some articles of Harold's clothing, but there was no other sign of Harold anywhere. They found a necklace, dentures, a belt, a shoe, and a shirt. At first, a friend of Harold's allegedly identified that shirt as Harold's, but later on, the family kind of disputed it because it was a bigger size than Harold normally wore, and it really wasn't the style he would have worn either, so it was it was questioned. The larger search was called off around 7.30 p.m. that Friday due to darkness, like, you know, sunlight was, was going, so though Michigan State Police Emergency Services team and the K-9 unit members continued to search until about 10 p.m., still nothing. So they found the clothes when they found the dog, like 
like yes. those clothes and his belongings were they relatively like near the dog? Do we yes, know or... around that vicinity? Yeah, okay, where they found because that makes me think that they must have belonged to him. Then you know what I right. mean? Right, it's likely. Yeah, like we're not a hundred percent on all of those right. items, but right. very likely. And I just think like she didn't leave the stuff. I okay. just can't. We just just dogs. They're just the best. We don't deserve them. So the search resumed 7 a.m. the following day, Saturday, and continued throughout the day. They found nothing and it went on until Sunday, October 9th, when a state police dive team searched the Rifle River near where it emptied into Skidway Lake. The dive team would find Harold's body in the river around 11.50 a.m. that day. And authorities would later figure out roughly where Harold would have likely entered the river to where his body was found. And the stretch that his body would have floated down the river is like the curviest part of that area. It's also very overgrown and it has numerous beaver dams. You know, it's wild terrain. So according to the autopsy that would occur, Harold's cause of death was drowning and the manner of death was accidental. Relatives of Harold had notified investigators during the search that Harold had been suffering from some depression and some other health issues at the time, but suicide was not believed to be a possibility. Honestly, even if it was, like, why would he leave the dog? Why would he leave the car running with the door the open? Truck. You know, like you don't need to... Yeah. You know, so Michigan State Police First Lieutenant Chris Lutie said the manner of death ruled as accidental is consistent with what evidence was available at the time. He said, we don't have any evidence of foul play, none at all. There was no evidence of foul play on the body. And there were things in the woods that consisted of someone who was suffering from hypothermia. So according to police, they're not thinking any foul play has happened. He was hypothermic. He fell in the river and that's it. So Lutie added police had not been able to determine where Brown was last seen alive. And there's honestly a 24 hour window before the truck was found that we've been like, they weren't able to pinpoint anything of his whereabouts, what he did that day. Like there's just a missing 24 hours. So that's, it's weird. So again, to summarize, police believe that Harold was suffering from hypothermia for some reason, shed his clothes. That was the clothing that was found near Ginger and then likely fell down a ravine into the river where he accidentally drowned. So that's what happened, but there's a lot of discrepancies and questions. So let's get into that a little bit. So regarding Harold's death certificate, the date of the injury and the date of death are different, really, because they both say October 7th, but he went missing early October 6th, if not earlier, which Mm. was seen on the autopsy report, because that's when the car was found. So it Mm. definitely wasn't the full day later. So the death certificate also states he fell down a ravine into the river, but there's no actual evidence that that's what happened. His body does not show any markings that are consistent with someone falling down a ravine. But there's some other questions about the autopsy that really, there's just a lot. There's a lot of questions. The lividity on the body is not consistent with someone who has drowned and a floated then approximately one to two miles up the river. Physician that was questioned said he would have had to go in face down to die the way he did. And he was also found face down. The lividity was only noted to be in his back. The person who would have floated in the river as he did, there should be lividity in other areas, namely the hand, the hands, the feet, the head, but there were no signs of lividity anywhere in those areas, just on his back. So the blood is just settling in his back. Yes. So it doesn't make sense for him to either either go in head first, repeat, or be for a long period of time, be head, be face down. Correct. Right. Then therefore be found face down. And while, while the blood is defying gravity and settling in his back. Correct. So then remember he was labeled as an accidental drowning, but there was technically no water in his lungs. So he would not have sunk to the bottom, but furthermore, there were no gases released in the body to give the balloon effect 
thereby bringing him back to the surface. So again, we've got a lot of anti-gravity happening. It seems more likely that he was already dead. Correct. When he went in because no water in the lungs and no gases, he he wouldn't have floated. Wow. So I'm like, okay, well, like, what are they basing the drowning on then? I'm like, are we missing something like forensic science that we don't know? The official definition of drowning by the World Health Organization, which is the process of experiencing respiratory impairment from submersion or immersion in liquid. So, and outcomes will be death, morbidity, no morbidity, whatever. Just keep that in mind because we're I'm going to discuss that a little bit later because there was something found in his lungs. It just wasn't river water. On the upper left quadrant, there are three markings that are very consistent with taser marks. One is near his armpit and the other two are like just above it. And there's a picture in the autopsy that focuses on these three marks, but they are never officially listed in the autopsy report. This entire area where the taser marks are found is not listed in the autopsy, including a tattoo that he has in that area. And what is a little bit more crazy is that these apparent taser markings is where the police also took a picture of these marks in the same manner that the autopsy photos, yet no one has ever listed those anywhere in evidence as well. You know what I'm going to ask, Carly? I mean, if he's not, if he's suffering from hypothermia, there's probably no snapping turtles in the river, but are there any snapping turtles in the river? Because not that we I looked could at find this no with no. West Memphis 3. <laughs> I mean, beaver's teeth are huge. I feel like a beaver, if it were to be some sort of mark on their teeth, it'd be way bigger than like a possible taser mark. What is Again, it? What is what do taser I know? Mark? Is it like two dots or whatever? Yeah. Well, there were three in this case. Okay. But usually because the taser, it has like the two, there's either one missing or there's another mark that just happens to be. Granted, we don't know 100% that they're taser marks, but still it's either way it's weird that that entire area of his body, including a tattoo that they definitely should mention. And it's not mentioned anywhere. Like that's iffy to me. Just more weirdness. Let's just keep on keeping on. So the police report states that authorities had spoken with Harold's family and they, I guess, agreed with the possibility that he had become lost and disoriented, suffered from hypothermia and either fell in or jumped into the river. Now, the reason that the hypothermia is the theory is because the clothes were found on in the woods, right? Near ginger. Now, normally what they call paradoxical undressing, what happens with hypothermia is when like your limbs are cold, that all the blood goes into the center of your body and then you think you're absolutely dying of heat, but you're really like freezing to death. So you take off your clothes thinking you're hot. But what's weird is when this could have or should like their estimate timeline of when this would have occurred with Harold, it was like 60 degrees outside. So that doesn't really make much sense. And honestly, the necklace belt, a shoe and a shirt is not going to be cooling the person enough if that is the cause of them taking off the clothes to begin with. So there were substances that were found in Harold's system. Like that's not a secret. However, after verifying with a physician, a forensic pathologist and a chief medical examiner, whatever pills or substances that were in his system were not enough to alter his, his mental state in any way. Like in their opinion, this was not a contributing factor to his death. It's basically like you're taking your medication first thing in the morning, you go about your day. And then like late at night, they're checking to see what your medication level is in your blood. Like it wasn't enough. So now the cause of death, the drowning accidental would likely have killed him within seconds and you would drown. Okay. Like right away. But again, there's no water found in the lungs. However, there was an aspirated material found, which was described as a brownish tan material. And it can be found starting dried up in his mouth and near his tongue and moves down into his larynx, down into his stomach to the lumen, which is a blood vessel or like cavity within a hollow organ, like his intestine. So basically, 
basically goes all the way down to his intestine. What is it? So it's described as a brownish tan material. It's not river water. So the aspirated material is actually also found on that shirt that they weren't sure whether it was his or not. The human body would take about four to five hours to digest any material all the way down to the lumen where that material was found. So if he had choked on river water, it would not have made it that far into the digestive tract. Right. So it's more likely he choked on like his own vomit or something like the half eaten toast, the coffee. You know what I mean? Like that was his last meal. I don't know. Then on the police photos, there's some bruises that are on his neck, but we're not sure what that is. And it doesn't matter because they're not mentioned in the report either. There are more bruises, one on his right shin and his kneecap that were listed, but there are apparently many more around the knee that were not listed. And then there's bruising on his face, his right temple and his lower lip. And those bruises would not be enough to indicate like any sort of like blunt force trauma or anything to cause his death, but it could point to a possible altercation of some sort mm. previous to his death. That's what we have. Like we have no information and we have 1 million questions. Yeah. We don't have the answers to what really happened to him. We don't have the answers to any of the questions I just brought up. But most importantly, I just wanted to add a little bit about who Harold was as told by someone very close to him. So Harold Brown was a great guy. He was very sweet and he loved to tell a joke. He was a God-fearing man, very loving and always giving to his family and friends. And Ginger, his boxer, was very special to him. And his family would often joke that he treated her like his third daughter. Harold had moved to Prescott, Michigan, um, which was about an hour and a half away from home and his other family in order to take care of his mentally challenged brother after the death of their mother. He was a handyman. He was very good with electrical work and mechanics. And Harold really liked to fix his loved one's cars without letting them pay for him at the time. Like he would just go ahead and do it anyway. And his family described him as very kind and at times possibly too kind, which some of his family members believe may have been a factor in his death. And they feel that someone he knew did this to him. They don't know who or what or how or when or why, but they feel like it was someone he knew in some point. Mostly Harold was just a very down to earth man who's missed by many. Anyone with any information about the unsolved death of Harold Brown is asked to call the Ogemaw County Central Dispatch at 989-345-9911. Listen to Straight Up Evil.